The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Ade Dokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back, and also by unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It's the first time that it's just me and you. I know. I know. I missed it. I did miss it. I came back and I think I'm having some trouble breathing and I have like this weird okay. cough. So I was okay. like, did I get COVID after I got back here? I was so good there because I got tested before I left. I was negative there. So if I got yeah. it, I got it here. Yeah. But I've been feeling some pressure in my chest and all that. So I've been trying to like not panic. I've been, okay. I turned into I turned into you. I'm like, I got COVID. <laughs> I like I how casual you are about it. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Just some shortness of breath. Pressure yeah. on my chest. It's yeah, because if I make a bigger deal of it, then the rest of the household yeah. makes it into a huge deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go there. I don't want to deal well, with I'm part their, of your household I don't want to and deal I'm there. I'm dealing with what I, ha- what I may or may not have. I don't want to deal with their feelings. Okay, but like I said, I am part of your household now, and now I'm worried. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it together. Um, yeah, we haven't talked since you came back from India yeah. um, because we've had guests on, and I just wanted to ask, how was it? It was, it was. How was it? Wait, I want to know. How was it seeing Maya after six weeks? It was like, um, it was, it was overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. It did not seem to make any difference <laughs> to her. 
so oh. uh, just short, it, it, you know, in short recap. When I did and en- re-enter the U.S., <laughs> they put me in a room for an hour. <laughs> they said, "Welcome back, scumbag." I know. It was already so. My in our flight back, the so I have two two um, legs to my journey. The first one is about just a four hour flight from India to um, to Doha in mm-hmm. Qatar, and um, and then a two to three hour wait, and then I get an, another flight, and that one's longer. It's like twelve hours, twelve and a half hours or so. That entire twelve and a half hour leg was. There were two kids, one in front, one behind me, losing their shit, losing Ugh. their shit. The parents um, were sitting across the aisle. The mother was sitting with one of the kids across the aisle. The father was with two other boys, and the father was, like, having a nice nap while the mother was struggling. So I decided I would move and make the father sit with the mother. Yeah. Ooh. So I gave up my window seat and I said, "Would you want to sit together?" And that's when I noticed that the mother had had her her arm was broken too. So she was managing this kid with a broken arm. What? Yeah. Then the father still continued to have a nice nap while <gasps> she struggled with the child. The child was on the floor. Having a meltdown, crying fit for the entire twelve hours. Oh my and god! And then the seat I got, so I went behind to sit with the two boys. Be- they're two boys because that's how I I moved. I I think I moved like three people to readjust the whole seating arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the guy sitting next to me to move elsewhere to the woman's seat, and then I got. The, I got into the dad's seat behind me, but then I didn't know that there was yet another kid behind me that was all quiet until the kid in front of me started screaming again. And then all of a sudden, I get these kicks and this crying and this, I'm uncomfortable and I'm bored. Oh, my God. And I was stuck there between the two kids and with two other kids next to me. Uh, Yeah. So I didn't sleep at all, and I got off the flight, and they had a whole other, you know, other line making sure the line just took forever to get through immigration because they were checking everybody's COVID status mm-hmm. and their test results and all of that. Each person had it in a different place, in a different format, and the mm-hmm. person who was checking there was just one guy who was checking everybody, okay. all of that. And then I went, finally, after an hour of standing in line, I finally get to the counter and they put my passport in a red box, give it to the security and tell me to follow the cop to a different room. And they put me in there to sit there. So I'm thinking, damn it, I told my mom not to put the spices in my bag. I'm sure that triggered something. I would rather let, I would rather they just open and throw the spices out and let me go on my way. I don't care. I just want this to be over. Yeah. So I'm sitting there for an hour. Well, meanwhile, Kirti and Maya are already there yeah. outside of the airport waiting for me. So they just pulled over. I told them I got pulled into this. So they pulled over onto the side of the 
you know, the the highway yeah. to the airport. They just pulled over there. And so I'm waiting there, waiting there. And finally, an hour later, they, me and two other people, two other people, one was a German man and another white woman. I don't know what she was. But they started questioning us and it went down a bizarre path of, have you ever done biological research? And have you done, did you, while you were in India, did you do any research? Did you bring back any research material? I'm like, I have done a lot of biological research. Not currently. I don't do that anymore. And no, I don't have anything with me. The other two people were like standing there describing their research. And they're describing it to the security person, this woman who clearly is not a biologist. I'm like, what do you even do? You even understand what they're telling you? You don't. And they're like, when was it that you did research, and what kind of research did you do? I said, I did. Re- I did. My hands-on research days are long gone. I don't do that anymore. But I did research a long time ago, and then I described to them some of it. And I think it might have been like some old biosurveillance work that I might have done that triggered. I don't know if there was a threat of some kind and that my background just triggered it or whatever. But the minute I knew that it wasn't my mother's spices that triggered it, I was cool with it. I was like, yeah, I can get through this. You were like, like, I've done research, but it's only the culinary kind of what the food will do once it enters into my body. I know. And I was like, uh, no, the research materials I have is my mom's spices that she freshly ground, summer, mm. <laughs> idli dosa mixes. So that's yeah. what I have. But sure. Wow. <laughs> and eventually they made me put my, um, go and pick my luggage, identify my luggage. The cop followed me around while I figured out. He wanted to make sure that I was picking my luggage and and then I brought it back and he, um, they put it through a, a scanner again. And then they let me go. And so when I finally met up with my husband and daughter, my daughter had already fallen asleep in the backseat. And so when I was like, hi, and she was like, oh, I don't <laughs> want to talk to you. Can we go home now? I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I missed you too. Yeah. Little the, twerp. Oh, okay, but how is Bella? Bella was, yeah, she missed me. Yeah. Bella and Harold it was the weirdest thing. I thought they would come like barking and go up, get up all over. They both literally sat down and started whimpering. Like they sat <gasps> next to my oh leg my and started whimpering and they would not let oh go of me. They just sat with me for a few minutes and just laid their heads on my oh lap my and just whimpered. I- I thought they were going to go nuts. And I was like, let me put all my stuff down before I go in because they're going to knock me over. No, they just sat down and they started whimpering. I was like, oh, see, this is why I missed you guys more than the humans. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm happy that you're back. I also, I'm sure you heard, I had a disastrous airport experience. I mm-hmm. told you about it. Yeah, you were such a Karen, a brown Karen. Oh my god! I do. <sighs> I can I just clarify that story? <laughs> you have you feel a need to clarify because one person called you a Karen. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> Everybody else understands that you were not at fault. 
I just want to clarify that I wasn't trying to get them to open the gate. I was just complaining to my brother that they will not let us go through despite us being at the airport for two fucking hours. Okay. I didn't want them to open the gate. You were having a private conversation with your family member when the actual Karen piped up with her opinion. Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's me. I'm pathetic. I know. I'm like responding to one negative review calling me a Karen, but yeah. it's who I am. Okay. It's it's well, the Shannon em- in me. And then well then embrace it and don't don't complain. Don't worry about what other people think. Have we just when, met? And when and huh? I said, have we just met? <laughs> <laughs> As Jennifer told her mother, don't uh, don't worry about what other people think. Yeah, that's true. But of course, Margaret took it as don't worry about what our culture thinks, which is a whole other thing. All right, let's let's get into it. So how one for you, how was it watching these clowns on television again between OC and New Jersey? I didn't realize I I did not miss OC. Uh Uh-huh. I did not miss OC. Um, I think Noella drives me insane. Noella Uh between Noella and Jen. They drive me so insane that even though I know this is probably the best OC has been in years mm-hmm. and I know everybody else seems to love it, I found I am finding it in my pers- in my personal state of mind or whatever, I'm finding it super annoying and irritating. Mm. So I did hadn't missed OC, but I did miss Jersey. I thought Jersey is doing so good. There's- yeah. And um, the men are being paid, right? The men in Jersey are now paid for the show, I think. Really? Yeah. Because even Evan getting all worked up and involved, I'm like, Evan, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I'm all here for the Evan versus Bill feud. I wanted to see them get into it. And I was disappointed because uh, Bill just walked away. But Yeah. Yeah. So – so I do agree with you. I, I like OC. Okay, here's here, – let me tell you a secret mm-hmm. about my me that's not a secret anymore. I never really pay attention to what's happening in OC. I don't pay that much attention. OC is a great franchise for me always to watch sort of passively and mm-hmm. just kind of like perk my head up when – like something insane is happening or when I hear the bumbly clown music or like I hear Mm -hmm. like Shannon having a freak out. That's like the only time I really pay attention to OC because Mm. OC does show a lot of family stuff. OC does show a lot of like pets. Mm -hmm. OC has a lot of like interstitial work. Yeah. And there's a lot of drone footage that I don't really need. Just like tons of beaches, beaches and seagulls all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the time in OC. Um, so let's get through OC quick and then we'll talk about Jersey because I do right. think that Jersey is super interesting right now. But I did think there was one scene in OC this week that I thought was meaningful and that I identified with. So I'll, I'll dig into that one. Oh, okay. There. All right. Well, let's talk about Shannon versus Gina. Well, that was it. <laughs> oh, that's it. Right. Okay. So basically we open back up at Jen's party and Shannon and Gina are having a conversation and Shannon basically asks Gina, how many sandwiches have you ever made me? <laughs> that was it. That was it. Okay. Here's my question. Are these both having like such a private experience, both of them or what? Oh my God. 
I told, I think I might have had the same exact conversation with my sister while I was in India. <laughs> Wait, were you Shannon in this? Obviously, obviously, yeah. yeah. I'm the older sister. So what I see is Gina and Shannon being like big sister, little sister. That's mm-hmm. the dynamic they have. Mm-hmm. Shannon has a lot of life experience and she sees certain things before Gina can see it. And she's sort of like, I did this for you. I did that. And she wants an appreciation and she wants a thank you. And she wants um, to point out that, she, she shouldn't point out but she cannot help it that she's mm-hmm. pointing out where Gina might be doing something wrong and she wants to correct it and Gina resents her for it because Gina doesn't want that advice and Gina doesn't mm-hmm. want that interference and Gina wants to be left alone and Gina wants to um, whatever she has accomplished overcoming her issues with sobriety and doing being successful and all that she wants to say and it's rightfully so that she has achieved it on her own terms and she has achieved it but yeah. every time Shannon brings up where she started out from a she's reminding Gina where she was before and b mm-hmm. she's making Gina feel small yes. which as a Shannon I can tell you that we don't realize it in the moment when we are talking uh-huh. down to our little sister yes <laughs> but when we it is pointed out to us, we are so mortified that we become defensive. Yeah, like we agree with them, and we don't. It's like when you were called a Karen, and you want to become like you want to clarify that, right? So that's where that's where Shannon's coming from. Like I didn't say all of this to make you feel bad. I was just coming from my own private experience mm-hmm. where I wasn't. I felt like I had done a good deed. And I felt good about it. So I was saying, talking about it. And it's not yeah. its not to make you feel bad. It's ma- to make myself feel good because I felt like I had done something good in, in my life. And that made me feel worthwhile. And so yeah. that's where she's coming from. And yeah, Gina's and- like, but you didn't have to do it at my expense. Yes, exactly. So I think from like Gina's side of things, it's like, I do think Gina is wrong, by the way, in how intensely she goes at Shannon. I mean, Shannon does bring up that thing where at that dinner after the Nobu Mm -hmm. party disaster, Gina said, like, how many friends do you even have? Because I think that is at the the time of that dinner, Gina was thinking to herself, great, we've, like, totally screwed Shannon over with Heather Dubrow. It's going to be, like, me – Heather and Emily against Shannon and Mm. that's just gonna so I don't even think that Gina at that point when she said that thing to Shannon was even interested in having like a reasonable friendship with her I think she was ready to be like the alpha on the show and as the show has gone on I think Gina's kind of realized that she can't be and I also think like it's actually such a small cast that they really need all of them to be filming together all the time so I think like that made a little bit of a difference but I think that Gina Gina wants to – she appreciates Shannon, but mm-hmm. she doesn't want to constantly be reminded Correct. that she should be appreciating Shannon. And yeah. I think this whole thing obviously got worse because Emily is such a shitster. Correct. And it's 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 a lot more Emily's fault than it is either Gina's or Shannon's because I think she highlighted – Emily highlighted Gina's and Shannon's insecurities. 
Yes. So she yes. brought that out in both of them. So they're lashing out because they're both insecure. They're both trying to do better than they um, do good for themselves. They should be proud of where they are now compared to where they were when they first met. Both Shannon and Gina were miserable then. Mm-hmm. And now they're both doing well. And they should be happy for each other and just focused on the future together. But I think uh, Emily pointed out that they still have insecurities and they don't like being faced with it. So when when um, Shannon says to Gina that you're being arrogant, um, there is some truth to it. Yep. Gina, Gina is trying to be confident and that comes out as she uses arrogance to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does it at the expense of Shannon. And so Shannon is correct to note that. And when Gina says, Shannon, you are never happy. You're never happy for me. You're never focused on me. You're always talking. And that's some truth to it, too, because Shannon is very self-centered when it comes to her business and where she is in life. She's focused on herself. And so and Shannon is uh, Shannon was closer to Gina. And now Gina is closer to Heather Mm-hmm. And that does threaten Shannon, not just in the relationship with Gina, but also in the show. Shannon doesn't have any other friends, so it sort of um, it sort of heightens Shannon's insecurity. So mm-hmm. Gina is uh, when Emily brings that out on either one, either of them, that's what they're focused on. So I don't think I they're both at fault, and neither is at fault. Yeah, it's very it's a very um, human reaction that both of them are having it's a very natural reaction i just hope that they make up because i think at the end of the day um gina and shannon could be good friends Mm -hmm. and shannon could be a very yeah and jen shannon could be a very loyal friend to both gina and emily if they would just see past her um her deficiencies you know shannon's yeah Shannon's weaknesses, which include being a little clingy and being a little needy, you know? Yeah. You're a real Shannon. um, I wouldn't say you're a Shannon whisperer. You're like a Shannon translator. I am only because I recognize so many (laughs) Shannon traits in myself. (laughs) Like, I am so much like that, that I've always recognized it. You know, when Shannon fell off that exercise bike, I was like, (laughs) that's me. Oh, my God. I I also think there's like... And one, I think they're so similar. They're so similar. And it's interesting because like in my mind, they almost seem like, you know, like the multiverse and like comic books, like they both exist in a multiverse in their own world. Like they're the same soul, but they're just like variants of the same soul that just like exist in different places. I feel like they're so similar that they almost, because they're so similar, I think sometimes they project they project their own feelings onto mm-hmm. the other person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think also they both are guilty of um, trying to be buddies with the popular person because they're both right. very insecure. Like Correct. Shannon did that with like the Amigas, the Trace Amigas, mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. and Gina's doing that with Heather. They both are doing the same thing and they know each other's number and that's yeah. why they keep getting mad. I think right. another... Uh, factor is sometimes when you become friends with someone during really dark circumstances and then that's what your friendship like where that's where it comes from Mm -hmm. 
there is a sort of insecurity you get somewhere in the back of your mind where am I still going to be as close to this person when things are good for me? And and out of that fear, sometimes you can end up like self-sabotaging that relationship Mm. and creating problems. And I think that's what's happening with like Gina and Shannon. And I think it sort of happened with like Shannon and the other girls too, where Shannon was in the dumps and now she's better. And like, it just, it cracks me up because every season there is a scene of Shannon being like, I am happier than I've ever been in my life. Yeah. And it's always, and Gina is doing the same thing. Like, Gina and Gina Shannon. saying exactly the same thing. She's like, I have been and from where I have come. Can you imagine? I'm the happiest. I'm like successful. I have achieved this. I was in a very bad space. Gina's saying exactly the same things as Shannon is. And when, what happens is like when they both say the same thing to each other, rather yeah. than saying, I'm saying this because we're similar, the other person hears it as I'm saying this to compare my life with yours. Or... Yes, and or, or, or and or there are they know that they are not quite the happiest they can be. Yes, so course. it feel so they know that this is not quite real. That's not yeah. quite true. So yeah. it's almost like calling out each other on being fake or being mm-hmm. lying lying to themselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they're calling each other out for lying to themselves, but they're doing it in such a weird, weird way that. <laughs> It's like you are exactly the same people just years apart. So um, Gina is afraid she's going to end up like Shannon. Yes. And Shannon knows she's been a Gina. So she's trying to relive that So, or, you know, help Gina through in ways that Gina may or may not want help from Shannon. So it's, it's the weirdest and fascinating relationship to sort of watch on screen and I recognize that so well and I'm like oh my god this this relationship needs a therapist and some honest conversation but it's going to be so hurtful for yes. both of them and yes. they'll never they'll never get through it and until they are truly truly find their own space in the universe and find confidence true confidence and not one that they're faking yeah and I, I think it's uh I think I know people think OC is boring sometimes, but I actually really like these kinds of dynamics on mm-hmm. reality TV shows because that's like the most realistic stuff. Right. Like right. that is actually how like you and I just talked about, like you just mentioned, like it's it reminds you of yourself and your sister. Like I've been in similar situations with friends. So I think like it's the most realistic depiction of sometimes what women go through in these right. kinds of relationships. Now I did like that then Shannon is so turned up, she's so activated. Yeah. That she starts to really like, <laughs> she starts to talk to Heather about this conversation, this call when Heather was in New York. And then Shan's like, I'm sorry, I don't know your podcast schedule. They're bringing up past fights. We see the chair fight at Javier's. Ugh. And I do feel bad for Shannon because Shannon, because she's so like frantic, yeah. she gets kind of labeled as this intense frantic crazy person which she truly can be sometimes but right there's times when she's not being a crazy person and somebody will gaslight her and be like i know you are being crazy and i feel so bad for her when it happens she always she always (laughs) trapped gets trapped into the situations where if um 
if Heather had said, oh, they're having a party there, we'll have fun here too. It wouldn't have been a big deal at all. We will have more fun. It would have been like, oh, look, Shannon is holding down the fort here. She's trying to have more fun with the girls here. She's trying to make it fun for this. She's being a good hostess and she's being good, you know, good fun yeah. here so we can have fun too. It's It wouldn't have been a competition. Mm-hmm. Like, why is Heather thinking there would be competition of having fun? There's no, fun with Heather is different from fun with he- Shannon. Shannon fun is very down to earth. Let's get, you know, get drunk and slosh. With Heather, it's a different kind of, hey, an uppity kind of fun. But I also think it all got passed through the messenger in a way that it didn't actually happen. Shannon was just like, we're going to have fun on our end. Like, it was just whatever. But between Noella and Emily, they both kind of repeated it to Heather in a way to be like, Shannon was being what – it's like, she didn't really say it that way. She was just joking around. it's not in her nature to say it to Heather. You should have known that, right? But see, that's not – that's the thing. It's not in her nature, but Shannon has – has been insecure so many times on the show and in these yeah. relationships that people would assume that she would say something like that. Uh, yeah. Poor, poor Shannon. I know, but it's it, even when she is insecure and says it, I don't think the intention is to put mm-hmm. down somebody else. It's actually to prop herself up because she's feeling insecure. Yeah, that's the so, thing. That's what people don't understand about Shannon. It's like yeah. most of the time the shit that she does is really to make herself feel better. It's never really... That yeah. she needs validation from anybody else. And the thing is, maybe and that's where she I think she gets very worked up when people yeah. bring it up as an accusation. She gets worked up because she never means it to hurt somebody else. They <laughs> oh, just happen Shannon. to get hurt. But what she's trying to do is just, you know, boost her own self-confidence and her own, you know, her own happiness artificially yeah. until she can hit it, right? She's like, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend that I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'll <laughs> pretend I'm the the most successful I've ever been. I'll pretend I'm the thinnest I've ever been until I feel I start believing in it myself. So that's yeah. what she's trying to do. And I mean, it's certainly there's an uh, there is a lot of her wanting the rest of the world. She really wants the rest of the world to Who see her in the way that she wishes he could see herself, right? Yeah, but yeah. it's like, Shannon, until you see yourself that way, you're never – the rest of the world is never going to be able to see you Shannon, that way. Shannon, I see you and I hope you and I can meet one day so you can <laughs> see me because I have nobody to do that. Could you imagine going to the quiet woman with Shannon? <gasps> I feel like Shannon and I would click like that. I but – yeah, that's what I keep thinking, but only if Shannon gives me the day, time of day, but she might not because she might be like, what? Who are you? What are you? What's an Indian person? I don't even know. You know how she was all worked up about rice and Persian rice. Oh, I will never forget. I forgot about that, but I will now never forget that Shannon attacked the best carbs of the world. I will no. never, ever be okay with her i know <laughs> yeah i know shannon so well but at the same time i don't think uh shannon would like me <laughs> yeah she'd be like another kind of rice i don't understand, I don't understand. what do you mean fermented rice <laughs> this is also made out of rice that basmati that's a lot of sugar i don't want to talk to you yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> um what did you so- think of shannon's um, um boyfriend what is his what is it? The, I call him OC Al Gore. I don't even know his name. Like John? What, uh, John, yes. 
been going on happen. suddenly he was like channeling the jersey husband all of a sudden I was like, like, he was okay. like how dare you fuck gina <laughs> like you know i was like Ooh, right. Ooh, calm what down. happened there that's so unnecessary i was like okay somebody took like an upper today i don't know, what you know? <laughs> who are you um, sir we don't even know your name <laughs> yeah Noella was the least annoying, but still annoying this episode. Like, I obviously, I felt bad for her that her father died and she had that scene with her therapist and she's talking about, like, having regrets of, like, never having her son meet her father and all this stuff. But, like, just even when she walks into Gina's party, she immediately starts, like, crying about it. And I'm just like, something about you is so frustrating. Why are you like this? Like, I know. I'm like... uh, you have a legit excuse to start crying. Okay. 100%. However, if I were in that kind of a fragile state, I would not go to a party. I would not show up to a party. I would withdraw. I would not be in public. She almost wants, she almost relishes that. Yeah. Because she was talking to her mother and she was like, I'm okay now, but you know, when they hug me, I'll start crying. Like she's almost preparing herself for a dramatic moment because mm-hmm. she's going to come in and somebody's going to hug her and she's going to have this breakdown. Mm-hmm. She's almost like talking herself into it and preparing herself for that. And that is why it feels so, it doesn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that because there's some disconnect and that you don't get that feeling of authenticity, you start feeling like you just there's something awkward about all that there's something cringe about all that and i don't want to see any more of that i don't know i know that everybody want i don't know she she's super annoying to me i can't i cannot get over that well there's been multiple scenes of other people trying to talk and her talking over them and her mm-hmm. changing the subject to herself and so yeah. that's the reason why i go i don't know if this person is capable of ever existing in a space where people aren't talking about her. And so that's why I feel like this like disingenuousness from her. Mm. Um, Emily is planning some sort of a wedding photo redo, but she does it by dragging the ghosts of OC marriage past. I just like, like that. I just like watching that. I loved it. I loved that she said there is a curse with renewal, and then they just roll out. We gave her face number four. It wasn't even face number seven. It was face number four. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, Vicky, you look so different there. So different." Yeah, mm. it, was, it was great. Yeah, um, what did she bring up? Vicky, Shannon, Bronwyn. But there has to have been more than that. I think she probably did bring up the other housewives, like Ramona. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) She should. Yeah, yeah. Ramona, Cynthia. Did Cynthia do a renewal? Oh, no, she just did the one wedding. She just (laughs) did the one wedding. With Peter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nini's renewal did work. But she got divorced and then she got remarried. So I guess that's different than a renewal. yeah. Um, okay, let's go over to Jersey. Yeah. We just start off right away with this conversation with Marge and Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Rahasas of New Jersey is that these, I 100% believe that these are genuine conversations that mm-hmm. they're having, even if sometimes the settings of where they're having the conversations is like, this is unnecessary. Like, for example, Dolores going to a boutique where they clearly make clothes for Gen Z to say, 
I have to get clothes for my mother. Go to fucking Walmart. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I was like, is this what I'm (laughs) supposed to do? I'm like, who does that? Who goes to a small boutique of sorts to get pajamas when you can get a better ones at Old Navy and <laughs> Old Navy and Coles? Like, you get really soft ones at Coles. I know the aisle that you get in. Why would you? <laughs> why would you go to a boutique to find something? And obviously, even for and especially for your mother, especially for your mother. And obviously the other person I find very fake and I'm like, I don't know why you're here. I'm excited for Teresa to beat you up is Kiki Barber. (laughs) Oh my God. This is the first show. Um, When I left for India, I had just gotten a glimpse of Kiki. Yes. Because she had had one, one, I guess one dinner with the, with the Gorgas. Uh So I barely had seen her. (laughs) So this was the first episode where I came back that I actually got to see her fully and hear her voice and Mm -hmm. see what kind of a person she was. And oh my God, she's gonna be she is gonna be dead by the end of this. (laughs) this She's like, you have no idea what you show you are in Miss. Kiki Barber. <laughs> you have no yeah. idea. Well, also because she's dull. Like, like, even the way she talks is so dull. Yeah, but also, yeah, you do not belong in Real Housewives from New Jersey at all. Yeah, she's super maybe, basic. Maybe Beverly Hills, maybe OC, but Jersey, oh my God, no. Honestly, even if in it's OC, not Teresa like- who chews her up, it's going to be Marge. It's going to be Dolores. They're going to chew her up and throw her, throw her out, and people won't even find her remains. Yeah, even in OC, she's like uh, even more uninteresting. She's a friend really of. Yeah. She has to be a friend of. Yeah, she is a friend. Yeah, of. she is. But I think she cannot transition. There's no way she can transition. I don't think yeah. so. It doesn't matter how crazy your affair with your NFL husband mm-hmm. was, which yeah. you're not talking about, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You you are talking about everybody else, but you're not you, talking about yourself. Yeah, you, she can hang from the tallest of trees and walk around on tight ropes. It's not going to get her in. No. No. Not at all. Uh-huh. Okay, going back to Marge and Jennifer, mm-hmm. what did you think of this conversation with Marge and Jennifer? <clears throat> so, so many layers to unpack. I think Marge, I don't think Marge is a racist, but I think she falls for all of the, all of the microaggressive tropes that I don't think she even realizes she falls for. Mm -hmm. And I feel like somebody needs to sit her down and have a conversation. Marge, you're welcome to come on board. We'll tell you exactly where you're going wrong because... There are certain things and the certain things that she phrases certain ways that in so it in uh when she says old school, old school, old school, when in New Jersey they say old school, they mean old school Italian. Mm-hmm. They do not mean old school any other culture. Yep. Um so old school Italian gets a pass. There that behavior gets a pass, but any other old school is considered a cultural affront to why mm-hmm. you shouldn't behave that way here in this country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that Marge does is um, when a person, especially in our cultures, I think, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit in Italian culture, I'm not quite sure, but when a person comes and talks to you 
about certain personal issues, especially with her husband and everything. Marge does this thing where she assumes yep. that they want to, the solution has to be that they have to move away from the marriage, that yeah. they have to quit the marriage. They're not going to work on the marriage. They're not. And it's when there's an issue, she thinks that that is the way they would go. And then, but what oftentimes they need is just a shoulder to listen to, somebody to vent to. Yeah. Before yep. you start accusing anybody of anything. So I was happy to see in this episode that Marge was at least to the point where she was saying, well, you have kids, you've lived, you have, um, you have put up with, this happened 10 years ago and you have been with them. So you have four kids. So you're obviously going to work through this, but you have to work through it. Right. But the way that Jennifer might work through it with Bill will be very different from how Marge thinks they should work through it. So I'm, I'm just worried that she might think that they're not really working through it. I just Does think that, that makes sense. Yeah, I think Marge makes a lot of assumptions. And Jackie also is in the same boat as Marge. Right. They both yeah, yeah, yeah. look at um, Jennifer's relationship or even how Teresa manages, like, yeah. you know, exists in her relationship. They both view it from a very white feminist lens. And, like, we've called it out before. Yeah. But I think, like, even Jackie at the end saying when Teresa's saying, you know, Marge is the reason why there was such a mess with Jennifer. She's the one yeah. that brought it up. Jackie's like, no, Bill is the reason why it all happened. Yeah. No, no. Yes, Bill is at fault for having the affair. But Marge is the reason why Jennifer is now having to do all this on the show with the public, with her kids and all this stuff. Jennifer and what Jennifer says is Bill and I put it aside and we moved on and we continue to live our life, which Marge says, look, you made your marriage work because yeah. – you did put it aside and then you moved on. I still am not clear of the reason for why Marge brought it up on camera besides just to, one, hurt Jennifer, and two, you know, create a storyline. I think that was her point is like this year I'm not going to hold back and I'm going to do shit like this. But like Marge has also said stuff like called Jennifer a concubine, called her sister-in-law a mail-order bride, looked down on arranged marriages. Marge has said enough things over time for me to not believe that she has Jennifer's best interest in mind when she brings this stuff up. Mm. Like now for her to be like, you know, I'll be your friend and I understand and I'm sorry. And like, I don't want you to like, you know, be like this. I don't want you to be hurting. I don't think that that's genuine because you did want to like, what else could have been the reason for why you brought this stuff up besides to hurt Jen? And now you want everybody to what? pat you on the back because you're being a nice friend to her like i'm unclear about marge's reasons for this yeah, and, so, why, so and what side. she's looking for like it's almost like she's gonna want to pat on the back for being like see i'm the one that brought it up and now jennifer and bill had to work through this thing and like like I lifted this woman out of her dark marriage and her suppressed culture. And yeah, now yeah. she gets to address all the pain that she's been brushing right. aside because of misogyny and the patriarchy, which like I do think is important. And I do wish that Jennifer had done those things, but yeah. I don't want Marge to be getting like, she's a type of woman. She's a type of white woman who would want a pat on her back for doing that and not look at all of the pain all of the damage that she's caused in this woman's life. Yeah. And the other thing Marge 
will not appreciate and uh, and um and uh, uh, Jackie will not uh, um, appreciate either is that patriarchy in our communities is multi-layered and there's a lot it's a lot more complex than just saying men are men are horrible to women that's not how it happens mm-hmm. that happens uh, a lot but that's not the only way patriarchy has uh, you know affects women in our culture and sometimes it's not to do anything to do with culture at all it's you can just approach it as two people that are having problems and it has nothing to do with the culture mars for some reason the parts where mars says things like i told jennifer jennifer told her mother so jennifer when her mother was going through stuff she said why do you care what people think that was a statement. That was Jennifer's statement. She said people. She didn't mm-hmm. say people in our community think. Yeah. But that's what Marge heard. She said, I told Jennifer that she should she should take the advice she gave her mother. Why does she care what her culture thinks? It has nothing to do with culture. Yeah. So when you when Marge makes those those kinds of comments and she brings culture yeah. into that conversation. That's when I get the feeling that Marge is not just talking about Jennifer. She's viewing Jennifer as the oppressed brown woman yes. or the oppressed Muslim woman. And she, that is the that is the layer, that is the lens that she's looking at Jennifer with. It's not mm-hmm. just as Jennifer having a problem with a husband and she could be any white woman anywhere having a problem with a white husband. It has nothing to do with culture. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That is where Marge loses me. Yeah. Do I think Jennifer has done really horrible things to Marge? Yes. yes. Has Jennifer said horrible things to Marge? Yes. Yep. Um, has Jennifer picked on Marge every time about her mom having a fa- um, you know, not, uh having affairs, her Marge having affairs and you know, not respecting marriage and all of that? Yes. And Marge is it's very valid for Marge to be mad at Jennifer for that. And I think that's where Marge is coming from is that she wants to point out to Jennifer that you keep say, you keep pointing out to me that I, I broke up a marriage and I had affairs and that I don't understand the value of marriage, but your husband had an affair too. And you don't want to talk about it. You're not being real about it. What Marge which is fine, which is fine to bring up. But where Marge goes a little beyond is when she starts pushing it to a point where Jennifer has to address it with her husband right now. And her husband has to do something about it right now when they have actually moved on from it 10 years ago. Yeah. And I can, and I can see how Bill might think, I thought you had forgiven me. And like, I thought we had yes. moved on. Jennifer and says I that. haven't done anything I haven't done anything bad since then. And I thought we were in a good place, but now I'm feel I'm being made to feel terrible and apologize again. And you are you are still angry and now we have to deal with it again. So yeah. it's 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 picking on old wounds that maybe would have been better off just kept keeping it, you know, covered because there was no this is not and that's and Jennifer being afraid that this, you know, you know, picking on these old wounds may not may not end up in a good place is a real fear that she might have because she doesn't want to lose Bill as a husband because currently she's having she had she had a good relationship until March brought it up. 
Yeah, and, and her look, kids were fine. The thing and is, now yeah, she has I, to deal with all of this. I think Bill, for sure, has definitely things that he can work on. I mean, oh, he reminds sure. me of so many men that I know, not specific culture, but he yeah. reminds me of a lot but, of men yeah. that I know that will not go to therapy, that will not yeah. deal with it, because in their minds, the way they view it is, I make money for you, and so I I know that I did something wrong. I We talked about it. It's been 10 years why are these women the reason why like the in his mind he's going to view it as you're doing this because you want to appease these women i mean he kind of talks mm. about it when he's like i don't want to be part of this guy group anymore which yeah. he's basically yeah. saying oh what you had one conversation with marge and now everything is better why yeah. like in his head he's like you're letting these women dictate what our marriage should look like and it's unfortunate because while i think that there's like a hint of truth to it i do believe that jennifer is now dealing with emotions that she hasn't dealt with in a long time, which is important for her to do. I just think that he's probably always going to view it as the the driving. He's going to always look at the driving factor for why those conversations Mm -hmm. happen Mm -hmm. rather than Jennifer genuinely (laughs) wanting those to have those conversations. Right. It's kind of like, even if you look at Teresa and Louis and all that, right? Should people be concerned about Teresa considering Louis has all these allegations? Sure. Yes. But the fact that Marge keeps bringing it up over and over and over again in every single conversation she has with anybody, it's now in her mind, it's going to be that is the reason why everyone is talking about it. It's because Marge brought it up. Correct. So it's it's all of that kind of stuff. I think like these are people who live in very black and white. They can't exist in a world where all those things can be true at the same time. But right. I just think it's like super fascinating that during this conversation with Marge and Jennifer, we somehow got to Teresa's the bad guy. <laughs> and it's almost like the heaviness lifted from both of them because they came in so heavy into the conversation because they had to deal with apologizing to each other and owning their own shit. So they were both in such a heavy place. Yeah. And the minute they went from that point to the point where let's pick on, let's, let's talk about somebody else. <laughs> And they went to Teresa. All of a sudden, you could feel a lightness in the conversation. Yeah. They both felt happier and they were smiling. And, you know, I think like, they bonded. And isn't that the truth? You bond over when you have somebody else that you can talk about. <laughs> yes. It just cracked me up because Jennifer was just trying to say, like, why is everybody, why is Jackie still mad at me when yeah. everybody, everybody, Jack, and I just like wish Jennifer, I wish that somebody could have like, sh- like shook Jennifer from the shoulder and say, stop saying Teresa, say mm-hmm. what it is. Frank Atanya mm-hmm. told my husband that he knew the girl. Mm-hmm. I called Frank and I asked, do you have a picture of that girl? Mm-hmm. Like this whole digging around and after the fact, like it's so silly because by the end, they've all had these separate conversations. Je- Jennifer, even though she explicitly said, I did not do anything because Teresa told me to. I'm taking ownership for what I did, yeah. right, in that situation. Yeah. Uh, Marge still goes to Jackie and says, well, Jennifer intimated that that was Teresa that did it. It's like yeah, I, just- I heard it between the lines. I, <laughs> I understood between the lines. <laughs> then you assumed. But yeah. then by the time they get to this like outdoor activity, yeah. everybody's been activated on their own. Teresa's yeah. been wound up. She comes yeah. in hot. She comes bearing gifts, but she comes in hot. She said, I'm not in a good mood. And I'm she not- doesn't want to play. <laughs> 
she came with a fighter stance, you know? She was, like, ready to punch. Yeah, she did her, like, she did her kind of, like, her little walk that she does when she's, like, not fucking around. Yeah. She was, like, I got something up my butt, kind of, like, a walk that she's, yes. like, yeah. angry, being a bonnet. And she like, came in. She was, like, I am about to swing these gift bags of gift at this, at, at Kiki Barber's face. Yeah, it's just, it's funny because all the women on their own come to the conclusion because, like, they all meet up. Melissa has a conversation with Jen. Everybody has, everybody's being Jen's friend now. And they all kind of come to this conclusion that Teresa is the bad guy. But, like, even if Teresa is the bad guy, like, it's, it, here's what happens these women came in, they were trying to ruin Jennifer's life. Yeah. It didn't work because it ended up being a lot sadder than they thought it was going to be. And they a lot Jennifer, more serious. Yeah. yeah. They thought Jennifer was going to flip tables and punch yeah, someone yeah, out, yeah. all this stuff. She didn't do those things. The most she did is she put her hand on Melissa Gorga's hand to get her the fuck out of our house, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the worst thing that she yeah. did. It right. wasn't bad enough for her to get booted off the show. Mm-hmm. So it didn't work. Their plan didn't work. It was a lot sadder than they thought it was. They thought, oh, shit, the world is going to think we're monsters. Yeah. Let's just remind everyone. Let's find a new new target to get mad at. And Marge is smart. Marge is like, yeah. ha, I got it. <laughs> Teresa. Let's yeah. bring this Jackie stuff up again, which was settled last year. There's no yeah. reason for this stuff to come up. If anyone's like, oh, this came up again. Yeah, it came up because Marge, Jackie, your friend Marge, she's the one that brought it up again this yeah. season. Yeah. So she brings it up. And it's almost like at the activity, they all kind of look at each other and have this moment like, okay. <laughs> on three, we're done. And like, we're gonna, our target has moved. It's now Teresa. It's just like so stupid and so funny. I love it. Marge is almost protective of Jennifer at this point. She's like, I have made up with Jennifer. Don't even start with her. She needs to walk on, she needs to wear a blindfold and walk the plank. Can you just shut up in the back? <laughs> and, then, and then Jackie and Dolores standing in the corner and saying, you don't want to go against Marge. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That and like such a wonderful moment. It's, but it's true, like, right? Doesn't that also, yeah. if I want to read between the lines, doesn't that tell me that Jackie, it sounds like maybe Marge was the person that told everybody about mm-hmm. Evan getting his yeah. Yeah. dick sucked yeah. at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's. It's so funny because it clearly was a move where they were deflecting from what they did to Jennifer and they needed mm-hmm. to remind everyone of something that happened that was exactly the same thing mm-hmm. the year before. And the difference is, but Teresa was spreading a rumor and we were yeah. just talking about facts. It yes. doesn't matter. It's still, no. it, it still hurt. It's still fucked up. It was still a serious allegation. It was still serious enough to hurt a family and hurt kids. And it's the same issues, right? The same concerns. The same concerns that um, Jennifer has now that something that happened 10 years ago is brought up on the national on a national platform, and now she has to talk with her kids about it. That's exactly what Jackie was worried about, right? That's the yeah. same thing, whether it happened or not. It's still an icky subject to talk to your kids about. Yeah. And it's then the same Ter- issue. With Teresa, what's happening is now Teresa's also annoyed that Jennifer mm-hmm. and Marge are buddies when yeah. Jennifer when Mar when when in her mind she feels like she was crucified for making Jackie cry all last season. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what Teresa's mad about. So that's why she gets like really upset. She's like, you know, it's so wrong because like everything that Jennifer went through, it's all Marge's fault. But when everyone says, no, it's Bill's fault, Teresa gets mad because she's like, 
No, because you guys said the same thing to me, that mm-hmm. it was my fault that I was the reason why Jackie was crying. Yeah. So it's like she just wants everyone to be treated the same way. But the difference is like where they go into like, you look like shit last year. And Marge is like, no. And Teresa was like, well, you look like shit this year. The whole thing is the differences, the key differences. When Teresa and Jackie meet up, it wasn't like a heartfelt moment like you had with like Marge and Jennifer, right? Right. So I do think that there's like a key difference here, which is that like, I do think that to some degree Marge, even though she's viewing it from her white feminist lens, and I think that it's like a layered and kind of microaggressive response, I do think that Marge has at least some effort in trying to understand Jennifer, mm-hmm. whereas Teresa just looks at Jackie as weak. Like, that's what happened yeah. at the party. She kept telling Jackie, like, you're weak. She's weak. She keeps crying. She's weak. And yeah. then the next day, after the cheese was tossed, they were, like, taking pictures on a boat. Like, yeah, that's the difference between how these, like, conflicts are being managed. Right. But the actual act of bringing up shit that is yeah. personal family business yeah. on camera is yeah. exactly the fucking same. Jackie being like, oh, Teresa saying Marge is bad for bringing up Bill's affair. And after what she did to my husband, can you say hypocrisy? Like, that's not hypocrisy. You're being a hypocrite, Jackie, mm-hmm. by not noticing that. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the other villain, this low-key villain in this whole um, season that nobody's actually paying attention to is is Melissa Gorga. Yes, because she is the one who brought Kiki into the mm-hmm. picture mm-hmm. with the sole purpose of talking about Louis. Yes, <laughs> that she's the Gorga. one. You know that she and 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 I think. Teresa understands that. That's why she's like, she's your friend, isn't she? You go. You give her yes. direction. I don't want to play with her. You give her direction. She says it so rudely to Melissa, and Melissa's like, okay, yep. fine. But I'm like, Melissa, you brought this woman who has no business being here in this circle. There was, you know, there's no connection. She has no history. Yep. And all of a sudden, now she and her husband are the ones stoking the louis fire mm-hmm. and you know that it's because of you and joe's interest right so she's yes. doing this because of you guys because she's your friend off for the show so i can't just wait for i can see how this is how this would just irritate the fuck out of Teresa. yeah but like melissa found another person to fight her battles yeah and um I also want to point out that at one point, Melissa, I posted this on Instagram. Melissa's serving a salad to her family. Mm-hmm. She like fixes a salad and brings There's out nothing a bowl. In the salad. Ha- Did you see? It was just, it's lettuce. just lettuce. She it's gives a plate lettuce. of lettuce, to, but she's using a tongue aggressively to like. T- I was like, there's right. just nothing in there. What is, is there even dressing in there? Is I it lunch? What are you guys eating? Like, it's just eating romaine. After that? It's it was just like a-, like a big bowl of lettuce. <laughs> And they kept cutting to it. The cameras kept cutting to it. And I was like, what are you eating? So I just don't believe anything authentic from Melissa Gorga. There wasn't even croutons in that. I was like, this is is just lettuce. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. I just loved it. I love how silly and 
ridiculous. And it's like <laughs> clear deflection. It's like, mm-hmm. Marge, your plan didn't work. The other girls realized our plan didn't work. We look bad. Let's deflect to what Teresa did last year, yeah. which we've all gotten past. And then the final reason why Kiki Barber will never be a part of the show is she doesn't know how to rock uh, iced coffee in a wine glass. She no, had she no does scene. Not. Like every one of them had a scene of a w- iced coffee in a wine glass, and Kiki didn't. No, no. You forgot the prop. That's <laughs> iced coffee in a wine glass is their diamond. They should be holding that in the in the opening. They should credits. all be holding like Dunkin' Do- Donuts iced coffees. Right, but Marge gets to hold just a creamer, <laughs> just the creamer. Snickers creamer, Snickers creamer that she carries around. <laughs> uh, uh, I love these women. I do. I, do. I think they're all wrong and they're all right, and I love it. I think they're mostly wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mostly wrong. Uh, but yeah, I do like love to see them go at each other in their own wrong ways. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, yep. that's it. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. And I'm then, so happy to be back and watching all these trashy shows. I know. I watched a lot of Indian trashy shows there. It's not the same. N- not the same only because um, it felt even more real. <laughs> I was like, crap. I, I, have the, I have this kind of drama in my life already in my family. I don't need to watch it on TV. That's too much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but we'll be we'll be back on Wednesday yeah. to talk about uh, Summer House and whatever else is going on in Bravo. What is going on? In you Bravo? know what? Let's watch some of Candy's show and see what we think. I have been watching. I watched two episodes, and I think I finally have a. I sort of have figured. I might have to print out their pictures because <laughs> there's too many. There's like three managers. <laughs> there's like five or six staff members. Plus the all the OLG, the all the grandmothers, and then yeah. she has cousins too. I can't. Wait and then some show. of her staff members are also her cousins and nieces and nephews. Okay, if it's, we could figure out, if yeah. we could figure out to, uh, what's her name, um, Portia's family matters. Yes, because that was also a big cast. A lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. A, a lot of people. We love all of them. By the, the end. I finished episode two, and I think I've gotten now. I sort of know where everybody stands. I've got who's who and where they belong, and where where their loyalties lie. Ooh, and um, and uh, you know, it's fun because you know, Candy's mom and her cousin go almost. Go at it in this just in the second episode, they almost come to blows. It was, I'm just excited that there's somebody who's called the chief of parking. Yes, okay, great. And so we'll talk about, yeah, yeah, you we have to talk about that. I I think he's the most interesting of all of them. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) um, I can't wait. So we'll talk about that in Summer House on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, bye. The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. 
roadie. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat, come to Minnesota. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Some people call me cold, but it's not me. It's that Minnesota weather. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jet, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a model, but I'll never be your model minority. Samaj Bledsoe. The fun bus is here, and I'm driving on the turnpike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. 